Welcome to this week's episode of the Church Collective Podcast. In this episode, we had a chance to talk with Pat Barrett about his songwriting, about house fires, about his new album. There's just so much great stuff. We're going to jump straight in with the Church Collective Podcast. Yeah, so, gosh, I mean, a lot of life happens in two years. <laughs> you know, I these songs for me have been the the ones that helped me like during like really specific points of time in my life. And, and all of it feels like worship. And I, I know you, you just referenced, like, obviously depending on where you are, what country you're in and what part of that country too, like right. so many of those like spaces that we were accustomed to don't even exist right now. So it was actually pretty awesome and encouraging and fun to write and just feel what I was feeling with in, in the middle of the world changing. And some of the songs of the project are pre pandemic and some songs were written right when it started. And some songs happened like right at the tail end of turning in the album as well. So there is like a, there's like a timeline involved there that, that was felt really important because I can look back at the songs and be like, Oh, I remember when, that one was written. I was feeling this. I was going through that. Like, yeah. So I know for all of us, like looking at, looking at and writing songs that feel like facilitate the opportunity for communion and connection to God and a new perspective, you know, like a healthier perspective of God and of your life and of the world. And, these are the songs that have just really done that for me. Yeah. I'd love to hear as you're writing them, it's probably a little bit of a mix of both, but like, are you, are you thinking of the corporate church, especially for this album? Like, are you thinking these are songs that are going to go to, you know, to anybody's church or is it, you know, this is my personal experience with the Lord. Like maybe talk to that tension a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I, a lot of these songs I've led, down at the lake in my neighborhood we have this little like right when we were you know you couldn't meet inside anymore like we were been doing like an outdoor church in our neighborhood with a few families like just an acoustic guitar yeah and i've led a lot of these songs there you know right. <laughs> so but and then there are also songs where you know that i wouldn't mind sharing if it felt like specific to it but i'm also I, I what i wanted to do was truly share all the songs that have helped me and i love that micah 6 8 verse because it talks about like what god cares about <laughs> like we know what we're supposed to do act justly, love mercy, walk humbly. And I know it's like, you right. get these like three categories and <laughs> we, we love the, the love mercy songs. Sure. The things that deal with the heart. And we love the walk humbly songs, like songs about faith and wanting to change. And like we compartmentalize, you know, and I love that verse because it doesn't allow you to do that mm. to get all matters. So I think, you know, in, in this group, in this album, like, this collection of songs are totally the love mercy songs and, but there are totally the act justly songs as well. And the, the walk humbly songs, like willing to go through life and 
trust and faith. And some of those sound really different, but I like that because that feels like appropriate to life. Sure. Um, I mean, specifically I'm thinking there's a song called as for me that I've led at the lake so many times. So that's when I think about like songs, can I lead that at the lake? Like at our, for our little Sunday fellowship, right. you know? So, yeah, you have, you have encouragement. I mean, you're totally right to act justly, um, love mercy, walk humbly. Um, what would you tell, tell the young worship leaders that are listening? Like, how do they act justly? Uh, like, let, let's assume we're running for the mercy and the humbleness. I mean, granted, those are difficult to yeah. do too, but I think you're right. That like the acting justly, um, I'm thinking just in like a worship leadership context. Like if I'm working at a church, what am I, how do I, how do I act justly? If my, my, my job is to just do, just do the weekend, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, well, I think one of the most compelling and transformative things about the teachings of Jesus was that so many, so many of, so many of the things in the Sermon on the Mount are like very behavior driven. And they're not just like matters of the heart, though the heart is there, obviously. Sure. Like he does, he says, if someone strikes you, turn the other cheek. Like that's a behavior. If someone asks for your shirt, give them your, your jacket as well. That's a behavior. And there, there is a way for our behavior to really impact our belief. So, I do like that Jesus isn't saying like, Hey, before you decide to be generous, make sure you feel generous in your heart. Right. He's actually like, no, be generous. And then let that work on the other one as well. Don't like yeah. stop behaving that way because you don't naturally feel that, you know, propensity or whatever. So, you know, when, when I think about the actionable things that we are challenged with in the scriptures, I think of things like for the, I'm going to use the worship leader specifically. I love this one. If you come to bring your gift to the altar and remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift. First go reconcile to that person and then come back and give your gift. Like I think those type of things where the majority of our life does not happen on a stage or in a staff meeting. It really doesn't. Right. So don't let the majority of your devotion and expression to God happen there either. That's really good. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think, I think those are the things that I, that I think about. Yeah. That's really killer. Um, I know some of the people listening probably know uh, a bit of house fire story, but I'd love to hear maybe just if you could take us back to your story going into house fires and just kind of, how did you become, um, I mean, see, your name is on everything. You know, you, you've worked with so many, like, you're, you're, you're kind of like the, uh, the Nick Fury, if you will, of the Avengers of Worship <laughs> Leaders. <laughs> like, you're there, you're there with every one of them, you know. Uh, maybe just give us a little, little bit of your story here. Yeah, I, gosh, I, I grew up in the church. My dad is a pastor, and music and worship have always been like a massive part of my life. Like I have like some of my earliest memories are being in worship services. Right. Yeah. But there was, there was a point when I was like 
14, 15, where I decided to follow Jesus myself mm. and not just based on my parents' suggestion, you know? So along that road, I think there's, you know, you say yes to God, like every day you wake up and you get to say yes or no. <laughs> sure. And I remember just loving and being interested in music. And then also there were opportunities to serve like at our youth group and at our FCA at our school, like our high school. And then at the college ministry, when I went to UGA, met my wife there, not the college ministry, but at UGA, go dogs. Um, and then there was the opportunity to, to go lead worship at some conferences and, like it always just felt like little yeses along the way and not like some, you know, grand plan trajectory or anything. Sure. But with songwriting, it always just was something I, I loved because it felt so personal. But when I read the Psalms, that's what I feel like I read. You get insight into someone's personal life. A lot of times set to music, you know, and there's something that always connected with me about it. Like talking, talking about something I feel was one thing. And then, however, when I would sing the way I feel, it felt like it opened up this humongous, like range of emotions that, that were always there. I just didn't know how to, to tap into them. Right. Sure. But then I also realized like, wow, it means a lot more when I set, when I sang that. It felt more true and appropriate. Um, I'm saying that because like even now as someone who writes songs, like, gosh, I, I, I still pay attention to that feeling when you have an idea that you don't just like hear. It's not like a pleasant melody. It's something that you also like feel. You're like, ooh, I, I like felt that. Sure. You, know, you know what I mean by that? Like, yeah you hear a quote or you're, you're watching a movie and someone says something that you're like, Whoa, I didn't just hear that. Like I felt that. Yeah. So with songs that that's kind of been just such a, a guidepost for me along the time of house fires. I, I mean, I was a worship pastor on staff at a church a little less than 10 years. House fires was really the, worship leaders and songwriters in our community sharing songs that we had written in the spirit of the house churches where that were so connected in our community like the sound of worship wasn't just sunday morning it sounded like a tuesday night yeah with like an acoustic guitar and a meal with friends and we just wanted to share some of the songs that had been really impactful to us like with that same spirit, you know, not, right. and it was, I mean, I just have such like, I'm getting like vivid memories during that time of how wild it is when you have songs that, that were really important and meaningful to you. And then they have the, the chance to like help somebody else in the same way that they helped you. Like, yeah. that's a, that's a wild feeling. Yeah, that's incredible. Talk, talk to me um, a little bit just about how um, 
like, like you're saying as you're writing songs that you're, you're looking for them to resonate with you, maybe speak to um, how cognizant are you of like the big C church when you're writing songs? Like it, it seems like you're, you're always looking for that personal connection. Am I safe in assuming that? Or, or how often are you like, you know, I need to write, I need to write about acting justly. So I'm going to write this thinking of, you know, somebody else needing to sing it. Like if I'm making any sense, can you maybe speak to that tension? Yeah. Yeah. I, well, maybe I can speak to it this way. What I don't do is start and say like, all right, I need a song that everybody can sing. Sure. That's great. Yeah. I, I, I usually start with what am I going through right now? Mm. It's hard for me to like, I've used this phrase before. I feel like I'm at the mercy of the moment that I'm in. So if I, if I sit down and I'm feeling like about the future, if I sit down and I feel a little nervous about the future, I'm probably going to write a song about, about being nervous about the future. Hmm. If that makes sense. Like, yeah, no, totally. And, and in that way, Gosh, I'm always I'm always thinking about the big C church because I'm a part of that, you know. Yeah. But firstly, what I think about when I wake up in the morning and when I sit down to write or whatever, I'm I'm just going like, okay, God, like I. It's a way of communion. It's a vehicle for communion, to me, first and foremost, and and I think that in that way, like, gosh, if a song has the opportunity to like help facilitate communion just for me in that moment, like that is beautiful. Yeah. If it has the chance to go outside the walls of my house and impact our church community, like, wow, that's beautiful. If it has the, if it has the, you know, if it has the journey to, to go out and to help touch other churches and people like, gosh, that's beautiful too. But I don't want, I don't like what I, what I s try to stay away from is measuring whether something's deeply beautiful or meaningful or worshipful based on the impact it has outside of my own heart. Yeah. That's great. So in any song I put out, like, that's what I, that's like my primary focus. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's and a lot I of... realize, like, gosh, no, you I sing ahead. a lot of, I write, I sing, I sing a lot of like scriptural songs. Like, I love singing scripture. That is, yeah, powerful for me. Helps remind me of the truth, you know. And I also like singing songs that are personal, that help give outlet to what I'm feeling and help continue to keep me honest with God, you know. Sure. I was going to say, it sounds like it, you know, similar to your story. It's a lot of little yeses and God wants to work through us when we're faithful to what he wants to do with us versus trying to, you know, wrestle something out and, and, and pull it out there. Um, on, on that note, I'd love to hear, I mean, it, it's kind of, it feels like a lot of times we seem, we feel like it's um, elementary or the, the basic thing is, oh yeah, we got to have a good relationship with the Lord to continue to do great worship leadership. But let's, let's talk about the tactical stuff. Could you maybe just speak to what does your personal relationship look like with God? Like, how do you keep yourself just connected with him with the rest of it aside? Like, what are you doing practically to connect with God? Yeah, it, it looks different 
at different points of the day and sure. different days of the week. I remember a few years ago, I think it was like around New Year's resolution time because I wrote, I wrote this in the back of my Bible because I, was, I felt like one of the perspectives I was supposed to like think about throughout the upcoming year was like, was my patience with my kids will be like prayers to God, like my prayer life to God will be my patience with my kids. <laughs> That's how connected all of it yeah. is. And so I'm saying that because like as a parent, I feel like sometimes the holiest thing you can do is play, uh, play games with your kids. Like that's a holy thing. Um, I think it's, I think in all of it, it's waking up every day and just like going, okay, God, like I have breath in my lungs. Like, thank you for that. Yeah. I don't know. I highly doubt I'm going to get like two hours of intense devotional time in the prayer closet today. Cause I got three kids and I haven't slept in eight years, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, but, but I want to go throughout my day being awake. And I think that's like when Paul says like pray without ceasing, like, it's more of a posture than it is just an activity. Sure. It's being open to God, like, and having little reminders in the day to do that. So that's, that's what I do a lot. I'm just like, okay, I'm driving and I can be open to God. I can hear you. I can be yeah. awake. Um, and then when you get to moments, like you get to the end of the day and everyone knows this feeling where you, you've, it's almost like you finally wake up at the end of the day and you're like, was I even here? <laughs> like was I right. present at all? Like yeah. being present is such a big, a big part of that for me. Yeah, that's great. What um, with everything different now, like what what do you think God uh, is trying to do to the church? Um, with all of the, uh, the, I mean, COVID obviously made us all figure out how to go online a year ago. Um, now. Uh, a lot of churches talk about like wanting to get back to normal. Some people are like, there's never normal. And others are like, yeah, no, God calls us to worship. Let's get back together to worship. Like what's your, what's your sense on what, what is, what's God doing in the church now? I don't know. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> you know, I, I know that worship isn't going anywhere. Yeah. And discipleship isn't going anywhere. I think what I've, what I have felt up to this point, I felt the, the reminder of what really truly matters. And also the awareness that we can spend a lot of our time doing things for God that we think are so important <laughs> <laughs> that at the that he may not care as much about as we do sure yeah you know and so I, there's been like a return to simplicity during this time that i really love like a, a simple heart of worship um lasers are great fog machines wonderful lights right. fantastic <laughs> production love it uh a great sound system 
no brainer. Those are not any better or any more holy unto God as sitting quietly in your room and in your heart saying, God, I love you. Those are as holy. And, you know, I think it, for me, I know it swung the pendulum a little bit. I emphasized a lot of things that were not as important as I thought they were and was reminded of the things that matter most. I hope that stays. Yeah, that's great. Um, Do you have any, with two years of the songwriting process to get back to the album, do you have any just uh, great stories from the process? I mean, I'm just looking at like, you got like literally everybody on the album as far as like co-writes. Like, <laughs> like, but do you have any, like anything kind of popped to mind on, you know, oh this, my was gosh, a, this I mean, is an awesome moment. <laughs> yeah. Like so many, so many great, fun, fun moments. One of them, one of them was, uh, was actually like on act, the song act justly that Jason Ingram produced. So I wrote that with Chris Tomlin, Jason and myself. And it was, um, Oh my gosh, writing that song and being in a room with friends that are just like incredible songwriters and just like amazing people. But also it'd been a long time since I'd been like in a space like that and a co-write like that. I I felt like it'd been, um, and one of the things like, number one, it was so fun and hilarious just because you're laughing and cutting up with friends but also like you're like singing about very meaningful things that that are so important and the whole conversation is kind of similar to what we're talking about now we're just like gosh it there's a lot of things you can focus on and and what i love about that song and and even like the time that we had writing it was you you got to foundational things really quick like teachers of the law approached jesus and they're like jesus what's the most important commandment? Like, there's a lot of stuff out there. There's a lot of books. (laughs) There's a lot of words. The font's really small. What's the most important out of all this? And it was, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. In that Micah verse, that Micah 6-8 verse, it's right before that. It's what does the Lord require? Rivers of (laughs) olive oil, all these sacrifices, like, and then it's like, no, you know what he cares about. Act justly, love mercy, walk humbly. It was like <laughs> so simple things that are really difficult. And we were just talking. I was like, oh my gosh, it felt so good to be in a room with, you know, with brothers that you're like, okay, this man, you're feeling the same thing too. Like you felt solidarity. Like we're all going through the same thing as everybody else is and, and being reminded of the most important things. Like that's, that memory is really special to me. Yeah, that sounds great. Well, man, I'm sure people will be, you know, combing over the album as it comes. And I, I know, thank you for just the impact you've had on the church. It's really cool to just hear, um, just be faithful to God. And then God does what God needs to do. And that's just refreshing to hear. And I'm, and I'm sure everybody needs to hear that. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. We cannot wait to connect with you. Follow us on Instagram and shoot us a DM. It's always fun to meet you over there. God bless you.